I'd love to know what your advice would be to someone who's watching this right now, because the majority of people are watching this right now. I'm going to presume that um, well, you're either watching it for fun or lots of people will be just starting out looking to get into digital marketing, or maybe they're already going and they feel like they've hit a bit of a brick wall, they've done some outreach, they're not getting to where they want to get to. What would you say to that person? Get started. Get started and, and don't be afraid to fail. That's like the, the biggest thing. And I think, I think people are afraid to try and they, the other thing is like, use, use your head, like common sense. Same thing. Like the outreach we were talking about earlier. It's like people, people send a message to somebody and it's like downright, like you're bashing the business owner about their business. And it's like, what are you thinking? You want that person to work with you and you just told them how shitty they are as a business owner. It's like, <laughs> that's, that doesn't make any sense. So uh use your head and get started like hands down the number one thing my my stepdad's told me this and grant cardone says the same thing he's like and maybe you, you disagree i'm not sure but i think you would agree with this <laughs> uh get started say yes and figure the rest out later What's up guys, Jordan here. So today we are joined by Johnny Allen. This is a massively requested interview from the existing community of the Affluent Academy. Johnny has been absolutely killing, but not only killing it with his agency, he's pushing so much time or reserving so much time to actually give back to the Affluent Academy community. And I wanted to get Johnny on today because he's always got so many good words to say. He's making six figures within his agency, blah, blah, blah. You already know that though, guys. Okay. So Johnny, thank you for being here. Um, and second of all, I'd like to always start this off with a um a bit of a backstory on you i'd love to know because i don't really know this either what is what's your backstory where did you stumble across social media marketing when did you launch what were you doing before yeah give us a bit of backstory first i want to apologize if you hear a big loud truck there is a truck outside the window doing some <laughs> work. Um, but um yeah so the backstory first of all thanks for having me jordan um i do appreciate it the backstory is basically high school was a terrible, terrible student. Basically since middle school, I was a terrible student. And um, I never liked school. Ended up uh, getting my GED at 17. Not, I don't know if you guys have that there in, in the UK, but basically it's like a way to test out of high school early. Oh, so, okay, no, we don't have that. That's prison. Yeah, so, and you had to get an okay from a parent. My dad wasn't on board with that. My mom was on board with that. Ended up moving to San Diego with my girlfriend who we're still together now, 10 year anniversary this month, actually. Congratulations. Uh, and, uh, and then, so all that happened, went to culinary school and got into cooking. Thought we were going to open a, a food truck or a restaurant or something and didn't, didn't finish that. And then, uh, we moved back up to Northern California with, um, her parents. And that's actually the house I'm at right this second. We're helping them with some things at the moment, but, um, we basically, I started a phone repair company and I don't know if you knew this or not, but we started a phone repair company doing mobile repairs in the area, driving to homes and offices and all those things, Starbucks, fixing people's phones, getting publicity that way, handing business cards out and then ended up opening a physical location. Um, and that, that kind of has been going, went through hiring like a VA at the beginning or in the middle of last year for that business. And, 
and an employee at the store. So someone who could actually then be there. And then it was just getting to be too much. We moved like two hours away from the store. So yeah. then me going down and all these things, it was just chaos really. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, it was not, it was not fulfilling. It was not something I wanted to be doing and it wasn't really making any money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd been in between kind of helping businesses with ads here and there or doing some for ourselves, but I had not really a clue what I was doing. Um, and anyhow, I went to a mastermind, got like from a friend, she's putting some systems event on and he's like, look, you need to get out of that. Mm-hmm. And that was last year. And at the end of, I don't know if it was September or something, you could probably tell me better if you've looked into it, but <laughs> whenever I bought into the social media marketing school, which was what it was called then. Yeah. It was like right at the tail end before the transition into Affluent Academy. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was probably, honestly, it was a big turning point because I had known a good bit about business marketing, all these things, but I didn't know how exactly that was going to be executed. So your platform kind of set that stage for that. And then the Athlon Academy came and there was a whole different slew of videos and all these things. And that was helpful. Um, and then when COVID hit, like we had, I don't know, just a couple clients active. We had mm-hmm. some that were like on and off, on and off. And it was not really great. Um, and we were still doing the phone repair thing, but COVID came then that forced the phone repair business to shut down. Okay. And that was like, so, okay, completely closed. We thought it'd be temporary maybe, but I'd wanted to close it for a while at that point. Hmm. And so we closed it down. I didn't do anything about it, left it as it was doors locked. And then we started, my girlfriend, and I sat down and we were like, okay, well, where's money coming from? Mm-hmm. And, um, we were already doing the marketing thing. Didn't have the time previously to spend 100% on marketing. Mm-hmm. And, um, then we sat down and we we're like, okay, who needs this now? And what do we, what are we interested in? Wine is something that we're fairly interested in. Uh, we were close to Napa with the phone repair shop and her parents live close. To, um, and so there's a bunch of wine, a lot of wineries, they all had to shut their doors, all that stuff. So when they shut their doors, we were like, oh, well, those people aren't marketing. They don't do any advertising online. Terrible idea. <laughs> like <laughs> terrible, terrible idea. There are people like they don't understand anything about the internet. They <laughs> haven't really been selling wine online. They are older. Most of the clientele are older is like everybody, people weren't even getting back to us. We reached out to like 450 wineries and I wow. think we got like three meetings and it was, it was just honestly, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. It was shit really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was complete shit. Um, but that was a, it was a big learning lesson because we put so much time and effort into like crafting this perfect approach to why that would work. And it didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it, it got us in the door with a few people that maybe were going to be opportunities that didn't close. And then we were like, well, why are we doing this? That was like the first attempt to go like more into e-commerce. We had one e-commerce client from January mm. and uh, now we've got 10 and nice. uh, that is a whole different world. And now we're just trying to figure out how to manage that. But it, it just transitioned into like, okay, well, e-commerce, the idea was it's more measurable and trackable mm-hmm. and you can prove to the client that, Hey, look, these dollars are what we're spending and these dollars are what we're making. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was a problem. Like previously I dabbled with real estate, driving leads to realtors. And I, I know that like Liam, he's, 
he's got a great piece on the real estate stuff, which I hadn't watched at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when I was dabbling with that, it was like, okay, we're sending you leads and we're not teaching you how to close leads. You're not closing the leads and you're upset. And yeah. so that was, that was where the shift to e-commerce went. And now we're helping e-commerce brands uh, all over really. So it's pretty hey, cool. That's huge. That's hey, your consistency has been so, it's, it's been amazing throughout that. Like even like from like what you said, like with the previous ventures and everything. I think one thing that, that how old are you, Johnny? Uh, 20, oh, 26. 26, 26. Exact same age as yeah. me. But opening yeah. the, the, the phone repair store and everything, like that's like, like that's, that's, a, that's a really big feat. But then accepting it like time and time again that there's been these micro failures over the years. It's like, so you've, your, your consistency is, is, is nothing other than applaudable because like even like, for example, doing the, 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 the wineries and then like having 400 companies and then only getting free meetings. Like at that point, there's so many different points throughout your life where other people will have dropped off. Other people will have been like, okay, well, uh, maybe I'll just get a job or maybe I'll just do this. But like, you've shown so much consistency and persistence throughout that. It's, it, what do you think it is? What do you think it is that, that, that's pulling you forward with that and keeping you motivated? Because there's something, there's something that you, you've got that many people struggle to find when they're trying to be successful. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. I, I kind of ask myself that sometimes. And my girlfriend and I, we talk about that all the time. It's like, how could you not want to do something more or something like that? But, you know, honestly, at the same time, it's like, if you, if you, I mean, I was on the call with the other, a guy the other day who actually I met in the Athlon Academy. Mm-hmm. And he had bought the course, I don't know, so many months ago. And, you know, we started working on some clients together. He was in film and doing all these things. And so, um, shortly after that, he was like, so focused on like, he had to make money, he had to make money. And he was like, tarnishing a little bit on what the the client results could be, like, it would hurt their business to spend that or something. Um, great guy, we still talk all the time. But he told me the other day, he's like, you know, I, I am not going to do the marketing, I'm not going to do my own business for now, I'm going to go to dentistry school or something like that. And uh, become a dentist and I'm going to be in school for 10 years. And that's, that makes a lot more sense to me because I'm good at school. And, you know, some people that's, that's what they want, I guess it's more, it's easier or more comfortable for them. Um, there is something for me that, and I think you probably know this very well. It's like that, that feeling of being pushed into a corner. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's almost like, I don't know if, if you call it like a little bit of a high or something, it's like something you chase a little bit like yeah. trying to trying to push yourself into a corner um, to, to grow and learn and be better. Um, mm-hmm. That's just something I've always done. The other thing that I will say that is unique, maybe um, I've never had a job. I've never been employed anywhere. Wow. That's um, never that's big. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only time, the only place I've been employed, like if I were to hand you a resume, it would look like shit. Um, <laughs> it was like my, I worked for my stepdad like, setting up like, stands in his warehouse for motors and that type of thing like moving things around with a forklift but you know it's hardly it's hardly a job but he did work for himself he still does um and i saw that my dad has always been my my actual dad he's always been um he's an engineer working in the bay area in the silicon valley programmer all these things and so that sounded interesting and that's where i've learned a lot of things about like technology and all of this but the variation uh, was that he was always gone and he was, he's always working and he likes it. I think he's, he's to the point where he, he loves what he does, but 
um, that was something different for me. I wanted freedom. I want uh, time. My girlfriend, same thing. Um, she's grown into that. And like, I think like she actually, she pushes me so much, honestly. And I would, I would say that a big part of me continuing to do what I do is from her, you know, she pushes so much harder than me, Yeah. but from the, from the background. And so like a lot of things I'll share in the group and all these things, she's like interjected or like, <laughs> she's come up with these ideas or something like that. And then I'll just like share it a lot. <laughs> you'll regurgitate it. You're, take, so, yeah. you're taking all the glory for them. <laughs> yeah. And she, she, I'm trying to get her in front of the camera more, but she's, uh, so is she, she working with you on the agency? She is. Yeah. Yeah. Wicked. So not, cool. so not how's that dynamic. How, how, how do you find it? Does it interfere with the personal life? It... Uh, not really. I think the thing is we've been, it's, we've been together for so long at this point. There's definitely, there are definitely days I think where, you know, I think it's, it's typically me frustrating her more than her frustrating <laughs> me. Um, but it's mainly, I think the thing is my, I get distracted. I get really distracted. Mm. Um, and she keeps me kind of focused. So um, that's, that's where the balance is. She's like very, very organized. I am exactly the opposite, not organized at all. Mm. Um, so I think that's where she gets really frustrated. It's those types of things. She's like, you said you were going to do this, this and this, but you didn't do it. And when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? How many times do I have to tell you? But it's what moves us forward. So um, yeah, you need that. I, it's like you need that to push you. Let's yeah. even taking it away from like the 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 boyfriend girlfriend relationship side of things now. Like, but like you've got there's two of you within the agency. Are you both working on the same stuff, but just like halving the responsibilities, or do you have both have separate responsibilities? How's that that working? Yeah. So, and actually this is something that we, we definitely need to sort out a bit more probably and write it down and actually clarify it. But um, it is, she definitely has specific things that she's doing and I have specific things that I'm doing. But um, I think at the end of the day, right now, the biggest thing is that I'm doing too much. Um, and I, we were kind of discussing this earlier, like bringing someone in that can take over some aspect and relieve the workload. Like right now I'm doing uh, sales calls. Mm. I'm taking meetings. I'm, uh, handling all client relationships. I'm running the advertising, uh, strategy, all this stuff and looking at how, how do we grow? Um, she is interested in a lot of these things, but she's, she's not 100% sold on it. And I think the other thing is we we're not, we would like to live in LA closer to her brother and some mm. people that we know. Um, and we're not there. And I think that like, there's always these excuses that come to our mind of like, okay, well, when we go there, we'll, we'll do it or whatever. So yeah. um, at home, we've, I think you've seen some of it. We've started tearing apart our office yeah. and blew out a wall and we're going to make it bigger and all these things. When that's done, assuming we still live there, <laughs> that would be a time. I think we'll probably both spend more time um, Working. together. I think at the end of the day, she does, uh, basically, she really does a lot of the uh, organization, the back end stuff. Like we we do a lot of things um, like uh, share questionnaires monthly and type forms and that type of thing that uh, are beneficial to the client. So she does all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then she'll, she'll be like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? But otherwise, she's she's doing all that stuff, which is really helpful. Yeah. So 
that's keeping cool. people happy. Yeah. That's cool. And I'm glad, I'm glad that's working out because some people that can be like make or break. It's like the, the biggest test on your relationship is can we work together? So no, yeah. that, that's, that's, that's cool. Uh, like you, you, one thing you said earlier, which stuck to my mind, you, you, um, before COVID hit, you kind of like had a couple of clients, like people come and go. And I think everyone as an agency owner has been at that stage where it's like, you 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 sign up a couple of clients you get a little bit complacent you just stop doing a bit of outreach and then suddenly you lose a couple then you gain a couple then you lose a couple and you're kind of in this kind of limbo stage now you then decided to go into e-commerce um uh presumably it was fairly relatively easy to get into it because you already had previous results albeit they weren't e-commerce results uh, but what was the sales process at that stage because you managed to, to to scale up an e-commerce pretty quickly so what was what was the sales process that you're working on how are you signing clients yeah, this is, this is actually an interesting thing. And I think people in the group and people who, who are watching this, wherever they're watching, I think it's an interesting thing because if you go through, through the Affluent Academy, you, you have a sales process and I've used that sales process a number of times and it works. Mm. Um, when I transitioned to, uh, my, my only issue that I've had is when I follow a process, somebody else's process, I struggle because... I'm I like feeling robotic or something. That's like yeah. for me. And so I had to find that, like, what is, what's working for me and how do I be myself while still following some type of process? Yeah. Um, and I've kind of picked and pulled from, uh, Affluent Academy. I've picked, pulled from other people that I've seen doing certain things with their sales process. Um, we started with, with cold outreach on Instagram and emails, mm-hmm. uh, and Facebook. Um, uh, and that was, that was how we were doing our outreach. We still do that. Um, to be honest, been slacking off on that lately because we're handling the client accounts at the moment. Um, yeah. But we'll get back on that. Uh, <laughs> the the process outreach using email, Instagram. Um, the biggest mistake I see people making is that they they are not genuine and they are not providing value to the customer or the client. Mm-hmm. Um, Instead, they're telling, we see it all the time in the group posts. It's like, people are like, oh, this person's pissed off at me. Or this, they said, I, I like, they told me to fuck off or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> dude, like, what did you say? I, I, I think I've had that like maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. And I've sent probably 10 times the messages that that person has sent or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. But it's like, how, what are you saying to get this multiple times in a row? And you have to be careful and you have to think like, how do you approach someone you don't know? Um, and I mean, shoot, if I was reaching out to you, Jordan, or if I was reaching out to a family member, it's the same. Like you don't, there are certain things you just, you don't want to offend somebody. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially if you're looking to help them. Mm-hmm. So that is one thing that has really helped is like crafting, uh, our copy and our outreach strategy that way. Um, definitely look at copy if you don't, it's important. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the sales process goes, the, the thing that's really worked for us and it like our, our close rate is very high. Um, and that's something we can actually talk about a little bit later, maybe is about replacing yourself. Where do you replace yourself? But, mm-hmm. um, the close rate is high because we focus on understanding their business and that without like, I, I have stopped trying to sell people completely. There's yeah. no, there's no value in, in selling as a salesperson. Uh, I mean, to an extent, at some point you have to close and that's, that is selling. Yeah. Um, but you, you don't want to push things on people and you certainly don't want to push a client if they're a bad client for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's, 
that's the biggest thing for us is like being forward with the client and understanding their numbers, uh, especially in the e-commerce space is like, we, we walk through basically, I, first thing I do when we jump on a call is tell me more about, tell me, tell me about yourself, tell me about your business. And that's the first thing I do when we jump on a call, it's like, great to meet you, a little small chat, and then tell me more. Yeah. And that little question, I think people, and I've done it too, doing it now, talking too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, people, people like to just keep talking and talking and talking. And a lot of times just simple questions. Yeah. It's all it takes and like uh, how to win friends and influence people. Really good example. Like just asking something about somebody else and getting them to talk about themselves is the best way to start conversation. Um, and I, I definitely see that to be true. So that, that process in the sales process is just learning about their business, understand their numbers almost better than they do mm -hmm. and piece together that strategy in the meeting um, in your head and then regurgitate it to them as, as far as like, okay, I could see this working or no, this isn't going to work. Mm -hmm. And if it's not going to work, get off the call. And if it is going to work, then explain to them how it could work and then ask if they want to go forward with that. And it's, it's, it sounds so simple when you're going through it. I just remember sitting actually after buying your course, uh, I remember sitting, waiting for my first meeting, waiting just an hour before I was prepping, I was fixing my hair. Is the lighting okay in here? You know, like, and it's not, it's, it's the worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. So like now I have learned like, don't even, I don't even prepare for meetings. I don't, I don't really do anything. Sure. I'll go through, I guess, preparation. It's like look through their Instagram, their yeah. website, that type of stuff. But like, otherwise it's like, jump on, jump on the call. It really, at that point, it's like, you don't really know anything. Is it even going to work? Is it a client that you want? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I found that doing that research just makes me more anxious. <laughs> and it's like, you know, so it's like, you don't need to do it. Um, if, if speaking to somebody watching this, if you're somebody who uh, is scared to get on calls or um, has never done cold outreach or anything like that, and, and you don't know exactly what you're doing in digital marketing yet, but you're trying to get that first client, try to be yourself and take a breath and sit back in your chair and relax. Like that's yeah. the, that is the best thing you could possibly do. Yeah. Um, and, and just have a bit of a structure to walk through. That's, that's like the number one thing. Just it's, it's, it's having a loose structure. Like it's like, like what you said about the outreach, like all of the most successful people that have come through the Academy or anywhere for that matter, have taken a sales system that works and not followed it religiously. It's like, it's like every sales job I've ever had. I'm like, learn the script. And I'm like, cool, that's the script. Well, here comes mine. And it's like, <laughs> it's like you, 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 you look at all the best bits and you find out the bits that you can resonate with, but then you add your own personality and your own spin on things. And ultimately no one will ever be able to sign up clients if they're trying, if they're selling as someone else, you've got to be yourself. And as you said, same with the meeting, like, there's no, there's no meeting strategy like where you should be saying this word exactly at this time. Yes, there's buzzwords and things and sentences and questions you can ask. But there's no, there, you should never follow a word-for-word -word script. It's just there loosely to help you or guide you through that process. It's like I think I said to you just before this call, I had the easiest clothes of my life like <laughs> earlier today, like four hours ago or like three hours ago, me and Joe jumped on this call. It was 10 minutes long and there was no sell whatsoever. I asked this guy to tell me about himself 
And what's really interesting is what, what you just said about knowing someone else's figures better than they know them themselves. That's everything. Like if, so I want to know this guy's profit margin and I wanted to know his, uh, I want, so I wanted to know his profit margin, the product price and all of that. And instantly I can deconstruct that and say, okay, cool. So we can spend X amount to get a customer. And it was something like we could spend something like 40 or $50 to get a customer for a $60 product. And for him, he's thinking, Jesus, that's almost the entire that's almost the entire product price like to be able to do that. And it's like, it's a no brainer. And also the fact that 40 or $50 would probably actually reach you 5,000 people or so give or take. And so when you throw those kind of numbers into the mix, it's like, it's not even like you're saying, Oh, if we could do this, we could do that. It's just like, yeah, that's good. Like I could spend $40 and like, that's probably going to reach around 5,000 people. And this guy's like, you're just really chilled out about it and just yourself not selling it. And he's all, all of a sudden you see like, Oh, that, well, this is what it's going to cost you over this period of time. Thanks. No worries. Where do I sign? And it's just like a really simple conversation where you're just learning about someone and you're just like listening to them and not just listening and waiting for the next thing that you're going to say. Cause you're like, Jordan said that I've got to ask this question after when he answers this. So let's go on. And sorry. On, on that note, before I forget is it's such a good point because I think the other thing that people go into, and, and this is something that I've been telling some people recently, I was in this position in, in the interim as well as like, there's I've been in this point like many, many times, too many times, it won't happen again. And you it might happen again, hope not. <laughs> Outside factors though. Um so when you're in a position where a lot of people joining the academy or uh jumping into something for the first time, a lot of times in that transition period you feel pressed and strapped uh for cash. And when you don't have money, you're gonna do anything to get five bucks and it's the worst position you could be in mentally because you're desperate and clients don't like desperate. They can smell it. Yeah. And you're also, if you do sign that client, you're signing them for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that it's so easy to get into that trap and you have to take a step back. If especially if you can identify that, take a step back, figure out how do you cover what you need to cover and then approach the proper clients do it the right way. Like it's crazy to me. I I think about it now is like, we've got a couple clients from months ago who we've signed on like a $500 retainer to, to get them going, you know, Mm -hmm. and with no ROAS deal with no percentage. And that it's, it seems crazy to me the amount of time and effort that, I mean, even jumping on one phone call, it's like, that's going to lead to a million other things. And we're running your advertising and all this. It's like, for 500 bucks and yeah. for the person listening that is like $500 is a lot of money. Wait until you have bills and things to pay. And then you have a million other things to do to that day. $500 is nothing. That's and it's, it's, it's this huge mindset shift that you'll have to go through, but it's like, it is invaluable to understand your own value of time and effort and all these things and what that's worth to other people. Um, like what, what are you delivering? I, I think this is another point on that is like, uh, the, the problem you solve, the bigger, the problem you solve, the more you'll be paid to solve that problem. There's something mm-hmm. along those lines. There's a phrase like that. And it's, I think it is, it holds up pretty true. It's like, if, I mean, look at what Elon Musk is doing, he's solving all kinds of big problems and he's doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also had a lot of hard times. Um, and I think, both of us could probably identify with that. It's like, 
I would, I would love to hear more about your story before is like, I know you got complacent at one point. I yeah. was watching your YouTube early on. And so when, yeah. when that happened, um, I've got in loads of debt. I've, I've had shit. To, I've had, I've had so many failed businesses. And so like, yeah, it's, every, everyone has to go through that. And it is what you said, like the, the, the mindset of being desperate. That's like what, that's what kills you. It's like people want what they can't have. And it's the same for your clients, like even more so. Like if they feel like, like, man, when we, it's, we, we do this thing um, with, our, we do it, everything that we sell, we do, we, we um, what's the word? We uh, de-qualify people. So we actually push them away before they come to us. So it's like, oh, well, I just want to find out whether like you're good for us. Like, so it's just like, look, well, like, and, and we, we ask questions, which, which are almost like pushing them away a little bit. So it's like, and they're like, well, hang on now, we are good enough for you. Like we, we are, and they want to work with you because it's like, you're, you're all of a sudden someone like in demand. So if you can, if you can recognize that from when you're first starting and you can mm -hmm. act like that, like when I signed my first restaurant client, like, don't get me wrong. Like when I think back, I was an absolute black. Like I, I went in there and it was like, I've had a marketing agency for a year, but I didn't say that. But that was my persona and the way I acted. It's like, I've been doing this for years. L little did they know when I signed the poor guys up and I did get them great results, so it's okay. But when I signed them up, I was, walked out there and I was shit myself. So like, what the hell do I do now? Because I don't even have a Facebook business manager account. Don't even know what, how to do it. So it's like, but it was because I like had this, this sense of importance. And like, I always say, um, I always say like, we go for it in the Affluent Academy when I talk about, um, about taking control of a meeting and having the business owner mentality, because it's so crucial that you are seen as the authoritative figure in that meeting. Because if you're not, then all of a sudden you're at the beck and call of whoever it is that you're speaking to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's so true. I mean, I've been there a million times and I, I think I'll continue to be there and you've probably continued to put yourself in a position where it's like, we can definitely do that. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but we can do it. <laughs> And it's, it is, it's one of those things. I mean, um, I think as, as an entrepreneur or a business owner or whatever, and it kind of grows on you a little bit. I think you get smarter though and, and start to say no to things that you shouldn't say yes to. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely it's, it's easy to, to be fearful of that position and not want to step into that. I think that there's that, um, uh, what is the word? Anyhow, when you, when you, uh, the when fear you're, of failure. Like you're, you're like you're pretending to be something you're not. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a, yeah. I know what you mean. The the imposter syndrome. Exactly, imposter syndrome, and I think that that's really easy. I've I've gotten that recently, to be honest. And it's like, who am I to be charging somebody X amount of dollars or doing this or providing this service? And at the end of the day, you have to remember all of the things that you have already done and that you do know what you're doing, and it is helping people and all these things and that is the bigger thing. And I think back to the message on like money, so many, especially young people, um, the older you get, I think you start to realize this most people, um, or as you start to make more money, you're like, Oh, that's not that exciting anymore. It's, it's useful and it's fun and it allows you to do great things. Um, you can have a nice car or a watch or a house, or, uh, you can take trips and buy things for people. Um, and you don't have to be fearful of money. I think that's the worst thing growing up. My parents were fearful of money, but, um, when, when you can get to, I, I mean, just sustaining your lifestyle, you start to realize, and I, I started to realize this a lot in the past months is like the money isn't, it's not fulfilling 
I've heard it a million times, but when you get there, it's like, it's not fulfilling. So you have to find other things. And like, honestly, the Athlon Academy, chiming in there, helping people, that's fulfilling. Um, Helping other people, business owners that are our clients, that's fulfilling. And making sure that like, we treat their business like it's ours. And, uh, you know, if it's not growing, then we have a problem. Um, So that's, those are the things that, that become fulfilling. And you kind of have to straighten that out in your mind. But um, definitely cover your cover your your finances first and then move on forward i don't know yeah. it's a hard it's a hard process because you start with nothing and then you have to get to somewhere without focusing on the money so yeah. it's it's like it's like the reason people start is to make money but then actually when the reason people continue doing it is not about money whatsoever because like but but also at the same time to that it's like you then go through i mean that this we could talk about that for 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 ages but you then go through the cycle of you get money and then you're just like, cool, I'll, have, I'll splurge out and buy some materialistic things. And then like, I, I had this, I, I was talking to someone the other day. It was, like, it was like really weird. I think it was, I don't know who it was, I th- but so I was talking to someone. And I was like, when I first started my business, like when I had like 20,000 in like the bank or whatever, not when I first started, it's like when I had my first like good success within the yeah. agency. I had like my first 20K in the bank. I would spend like 19K. Like I would be like, cool, like this, let me put 19K down in the car. And I wouldn't think about it. But now I can be like, 10x that and i'm not yeah. think, i'm not even thinking about spending the 19k it's like well right. i can't find the 19 do you know what i mean so it's like it's yeah. like you get to this point where it's like you could be you could add like extra zeros on that digit but then like your entire perception of money because you've gone through the materialistic thing or like and not everyone will do that because but but when you go through that and it's like okay let me buy nice things and you realize that doesn't make you have like fully fulfilled and then all of a sudden you actually do i mean for me like financial security is amazing like no like i could probably i don't know i haven't worked out the exact that but i, I know that i if my if all the businesses failed i could probably live for the next five or even five ten years on the on the money that the business has made in the bank account and so that that is like that's a that's a crazy feeling because then you stop you stop giving yourself a hard time for taking a day off. And once you've built the team, you can do that. And it's like, then you stop, like, you don't think or worry about it anymore because you're like, oh, well, it's just going to knock like a couple of days off like my my, my expectancy. Like, yeah, exactly. So it's just, this is whole, and, I, and actually I'm going to make a video on this because that's like a really good topic that you've brought up there. It's like the, the, the cycle of money and, and the, 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 the psychological changes you go through when you're launching a business. But I know we're, we're coming up to time now. We could talk for ages, Johnny. Um, uh, and this has been so valuable. Thank you so much. I hope everyone's enjoyed this. I, I'll always like to finish up on, on, on a question and add anything you want to at the end. But I'd love to know what your advice would be to someone who's watching this right now, because the majority of people are watching this right now. I'm going to presume that um, well, you're either watching it for fun or lots of people will be just starting out looking to get into digital marketing or maybe they're already going and they feel like they've hit a bit of a brick wall. They've done some outreach. They're not getting to where they want to get to. What would you say to that person? Get started, get started and, and don't be afraid to fail. That's like the, the biggest thing. And I think, I think people are afraid to try and they, the other thing is like, use, use your head, like common sense. Same thing like the outreach we were talking about earlier. It's like people, people send a message to somebody and it's like downright, like you're bashing the business owner about their business. And it's like, what are you thinking? You want that person to work with you and you just told them how shitty they are as a business owner. It's like, <laughs> that's, that doesn't make any sense. So uh, use your head and get started. Like hands down, the number one thing, 
my my stepdad's told me this and grant cardone says the same thing is like and maybe you, you disagree i'm not sure but i think you would agree with this <laughs> uh get started say yes and figure the rest out later and yeah. and i i remember my stepdad i mean like i told you earlier he's self-employed entrepreneur type and he's done quite well but um that that's the biggest thing and it sticks with me i think about it all the time it's like if i can't do it or i'm not sure i can do it i'm but i want to and i know that it's potentially going to be a good thing and it's scary just say yes do it now and then figure it out because you will figure it out if you say yes mm-hmm. and if you don't and it fails and something goes wrong well guess what there's another opportunity and you get to try it again and you get to try it yeah. again and that's that's the thing that i think a lot of people they get punched in the face that one time and they're like ah oh, that hurt i'm not doing that again and they're scared mm-hmm. and you have to be willing to get back up and get back up and get back up because it works as long as you keep going yeah 100% if you it, it, it and it's it's also like and just just quickly the quote that you said i say it all the time richard branson says it he's it's originally comes from him he says if you ever got offered, offered an opportunity and you don't know how to do it say yes and learn later um, yeah. and I think that's really key for, for everyone to do, like for everyone to follow that. Like, just don't worry about it. Like it, it, the only way you can become good at something is by just doing it. Like you didn't, no one became like, was born an amazing guitar player. They, they learned how to be a guitar player. You, you have to like learn as any kind of skill set. And the same, I don't, people then think that business and sales and communication don't come under that category, but it's the exact same thing with anything that you do. And I think that's really, really key for people to understand. And also like what you said about sticking with it, like you, you only fail when you stop. Like you haven't failed until you've stopped. If you stop and you move on something else, then you failed. But as, as long as you keep going, you're not failing at all. You're just learning and you're continuing out the process. It, I still stick to this and I say this all the time. It's physically impossible not to grow a service-based business if you don't ever stop. It's like in the same way that I know that if I upload a YouTube video every single week, this channel is going to grow somehow. Someone in the world is going to follow it. It's just the way it works. Everything is it's momentum. Things keep moving forward. And so it doesn't matter how slow it takes someone to get there. It might take one channel two months to get their first thousand followers. It might take another channel two months to get their first two followers, right? But it, you're still moving forward. And it, that momentum, everybody has different speeds. And so if you continue outreach every single day with your agency, even if you're shit, like even if you're so bad at selling to start off with, it's physically impossible for you not to get better at it and to not actually sign up clients in the long run. Absolutely. And and the, the other thing on that is not just signing clients and keep keep this in mind if you're watching learn how to service the client or find someone who can because you want to keep the client and you want to make them happy and you want them to refer people and all these things. And that I think has been the other really valuable thing for us is like, how do you keep clients really happy and continually continuously looking for new ways to make sure they're happy um, and providing value even above and beyond. Like, like we said, we send like a questionnaire and these types of things monthly that it kind of sparks ideas or adds value and insight into the following month or whatever it is. Um, and, and those types of things, the little things that you don't have to do that are kind of bonuses or perks for your client. Um, really good idea. hundred percent. hundred percent. Johnny, thank you so much, mate. It's been a, it's been yeah. a pleasure. We'll have to, we'll have to do another video in the future. Um, and of course, update everyone with how you're getting on. Um, are you happy with people to reach out to you if they want to? Yeah, feel free to send me a message. Um, you can find me on Instagram at 
the Johnny Allen, J-O-N-N-Y-A-L-L-E-N. Nice. I'll put a link in the description, guys, so you can check out Johnny. And, yeah, please do share this video for someone else who will get value from it. And I'll see you all again very, very soon. Cheers, Johnny, and see you later, guys. Thank you.